Okay, and we are live on our recorded podcast. This is Stefan and Rain, and you're listening to Unprecedented. This is the second episode of our podcast. We're really excited um, about this. And we actually just had both some great news and information come across our desks um, over the last 24 hours. And all of that actually feeds so beautifully into our topic for today, which is intrinsic change. Now, when we were picking this, this topic, Rain, you had some really interesting um, reasons why you, wanted, why you wanted to do this. You were saying that you had such a deep resonance with that word intrinsic. Maybe you want to share a little bit about that and so just to kick us off. Okay. Good morning, everyone. And I guess it'd be good evening to you, yeah. Stefan. Uh, <laughs> well, intrinsic is the, you know, going within. That's, you know, that's mm. what it's all about. It's about identifying, you know, ourselves on an inner level of progression, right? So what does that mean? Because those sound like a lot of big words. Basically, what we're talking about is, you know, based on what you and I discuss is going within and doing that shadow work, but also tapping into the light that is within us because we know that we're spiritual beings, correct? Right, right. So it's all about um, merging those two together and that they co-facilitate one another to help us evolve, to help mm. us grow, to help us move forward. And what does that mean? It doesn't mean that we look outside for external uh, validation or um, external, um, I guess, I don't, I, I'll use guidance as, as, you know, a word, but mm -hmm. that's not the exact word I'm looking for. But, you know, we, it, it's about going within first, because if we're off, uh, off kilter, and we're not aligned with who we genuinely and uniquely and authentically are within, then we're going to have some some issues arise in our lives. And we're going to see that happen. Absolutely. For sure. And, you know, I, it's so interesting that you bring up the, the issue around the shadow and the light work and then combining those two as well. Because... I take a slightly different viewpoint on change and intrinsic change specifically, but at the same time, I think it's it's two halves of the same whole, which is why these conversations are so so intriguing to me. Um, for me, I look at it as, you know, leading on from last week's um, discussion about light work and shadow work and using that to evolve. I find that change is in everything. It's the scientists say it's the only constant in the universe. Mm -hmm. And yet we all know that change is incredibly scary for yes. everybody, right? I think mm -hmm. yeah. um, psychologists even say that moving home can be the third most traumatic thing that can happen to you as a human, mentally. Um, and what is, do you mean by that? Or what did they mean by that, moving so, home? when they were saying like move, like if you're changing sissies and uprooting your entire life and going to somewhere completely new oh, and unfamiliar, right. it's, it's incredibly traumatic. And sometimes even if you're, you're moving home within the same city, just especially if you've lived in the same home for quite a number of years, mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. can be traumatic because your environment is changing. 
Right. Um, and we're, and, and I, we're creatures of habit, right? Exactly. We're of habit. So, you know, we, we get used to a routine and, you know, I remember when I moved, uh, just within the city, I moved with the kids when, when mm -hmm. they were younger and I caught myself driving back from the university to my old home one, <laughs> one day right. after class. Right. And I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. No, that's the wrong house. Exactly. I don't live there anymore. You know? So, you know, having lived there for, you know, some 13 years, my brain was just on autopilot. For, for sure. I can I imagine that that is exactly what would happen. I mean, I even know just going for a walk in my neighborhood, if I choose a different route, I will have to stop and be like, reorient myself <laughs> just to get right. home. And, and this is the neighborhood right. I live in, you know, it's, it's right. somewhere that I, I travel around every day. Um, but I know from friends of mine, because I've moved around a lot growing up, so I, I got used to that. That was, it's actually now become more difficult for me to stay in one place. To stay, yeah. Yeah. yeah because that's the change that's, <laughs> that was, is weird for me. It's like weird to, to not be changing. That, that's well, a well, there's shift two, for me. Right. And there's two sides to that coin, right? Because you were moving all the time. And so you were pulled into, um, you know, feelings of spontaneity, um, right. excitement, novelty, all of those things, which can be positive. Yes, change. absolutely. Absolutely. But then I speak to friends of mine who've lived in the same suburb for 30 odd years. They grew up there. They went to school there. They have all these experiences, which are quite frankly, weird to me. Like they will know, they'll remember people from their middle school and they'll be like, don't, don't you have friends from middle school? I'm like, I can barely remember what my, who my <laughs> teachers were in middle school, you know, because we, we swapped around so, so much. I mean, at yeah. one point we were moving every six months to a year because of my, my parents' work. Right. Um, so, you know, it, it's a lot, a lot of military families could identify with that because absolutely. Yeah. That, you know, they do move around quite a bit as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I say all of that to, to then bring it back to when I speak to my friends who are not used to change, it is incredibly scary for them. And I think back of one friend specifically got offered this job in, I think it was in Chicago actually. And he was living here in Cape Town and God rest his soul because he actually passed on um, last year, but, but irrespective. Um, he got off at this job and freaked out. And I was like, why are you freaking out? Like, this is amazing. It's, you know, 10 times your, your current wage that you're getting here. You get to move and experience a new city. You know people there because um, we have friends over there. Why, why wouldn't you want to do this? And it took me such a long time to realize just how traumatic even thinking about leaving behind his family, leaving behind the neighborhood that he'd grown up in, leaving behind all the friends that he'd grown up with, right. how traumatic that would actually have, literally just to contemplate it was mm -hmm. traumatic for him. Um, and then I suddenly, when I, I was thinking about that in preparation for this, this um, podcast today, because I was just thinking that this is something that everybody goes through on an almost daily basis, you know, maybe on yes. a smaller degree, but because change is intrinsic, it's in everything. And if you want things to stay the same, well, you're in for a rude awakening. And I think 
Right. That's what it, this year has taught us. Well, absolutely. we're going on about 14 months now into this. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, people um, even, you know, ha eat the same foods every day, right? They're, right? they're in such a routine that they eat the same, they're in the same pattern of food that they eat. I mean, I even caught myself uh, a, a few months back, I you know, we go through cycles, I think, in, in mm. our body system. And I was eating, I was like craving raisin toast every morning. And I basically ate that every morning for like a good like month or two. And then all wow. of a sudden it was just like, okay, well, time for a change now. Let's switch yeah. to oatmeal or something, right? So it was just funny because it really is about listening to our body. And, you know, you bring up like such good points about this whole change piece that, you know, we, we have to... Uh, look within and that's what's going to ground us so what we're doing when we're afraid of that change mm -hmm. like as your friend was afraid of those changes it's not that he didn't obviously he made those changes yeah and he he wanted change but he was still holding on to those old patterns from the past that are already imprinted on the mind and in the emotions Right. They're right. all they're, they're blueprints already within us. So how do we, you know, how do we really look at that and alter it? Well, first, we have to be aware of it. Right. We have to be like like you were. You had to become aware of his situation to understand it. Yes. Right. You now when you did that, did you had you already gone through your processing uh, about your situations, how you like change all the time? Had you, or was it part of that whole process? It was part of it. So it was kind of a learning curve for me because I was still not quite as empathetic, mm -hmm. I think, as, as I could have been or would have wanted to have been because I, I really just, it, it just didn't compute for me that right. this would not be, you know, an awesome adventure. Yes, I, I, I got... I could understand a certain level of apprehension because I've been through that so many times. But mm. it's apprehension for me, not earth-shattering fear. So this is just amazing because it's such a a simple example, but it's it just speaks volumes because see, you had already dealt with um, those changes in your own life, mm. accepting change, moving through that change, motivating yourself, being motivated by change and all of that. So once you now started to come to understand the flip side of that, uh, it, it challenged you to stretch your understanding and to understand what he had gone through a little bit better and just understand it from a different perspective. Absolutely. Right? Yes, for sure. But now I have, I have a little bit of a question for you, something that's actually just kind of occurred to me um, as we were talking about this in respect to, you know, getting ready for big changes. Because the process that we spoke about in terms of integrating our shadow selves in our last episode mm -hmm. requires an acceptance of change. But I feel that it's, even though we were talking about how scary that is, because I mentioned to you in the last episode that the conversation I had with actually the same friend was I'm scared of who I'm going to become because I don't know who that is going to be. I don't right. know who that person is. But I was able to move through it because it was a conscious evolution. 
Right. And I think that, and again, this, this is kind of the question that I'm posing, if, if you want to agree with me or disagree, is, is change so scary because we don't allow it to be a conscious evolutionary process? We, in, we instead tend to be reactive. I would have to say yes to that. Because what we do is we basically, you know, for our listeners, we have the subconscious mind, which is all of our past experiences, everything from the time mm -hmm. we were even in vitro, right? Right. Um, when, you know, when we came to be born throughout our whole childhood and in our adult life. So we have all of these life experiences that uh, create uh, patterning and blueprints on our mind. So we've got our subconscious mind, then we've got our conscious mind. Our conscious mind is, you know, just we walk about our life daily. We don't have to relearn to drive a car or ride a bike once we've learned. We just automatically, right. you know, we're on automatic pilot. And then we've got the super conscious mind. Mm. So the super conscious mind is where all the real fun begins because that's where we have that connection to spirit to our soul connection our higher being right. connecting with you know consciousness which is you know god the angels universal wealth of uh of consciousness of of spiritual enlightenment of answers mm. solutions all of that right so you say you know what is it that drives us and what can we do well one you know, becoming aware of what's happening is, is super key because mm -hmm. once we, you know, like a, if your friend, you know, was in a conversation with you, which I'm sure you probably, you know, kind of walked him through some of that and helped him to grow into the change because of your own experiences, right? That's yeah. why it's so cool. We're all so unique. We're all so different. Absolutely. We come you know, we come to this earth uh, with with our own purposes, with our own um, agenda. Even though we don't know what that agenda is, it's 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 not um, consciously made known to us until we start to do some of that deep inner work. You know, that intrinsic work, mm -hmm. but. Uh, gee, I kind of got off track. I, I was going somewhere with this. Um, oh, it's just the fact that really when you look at it is when we look within, if we take this microscope and we go within, mm -hmm. really what it is, is that we're afraid of ourselves. Oh. We're afraid of everything that we could possibly be. That is so true. And that is actually, I mean, that's something that I tell my clients all the time, because whenever a client comes to me and goes, you know, just by the way, I, I know that your corporate job is finance and, and you've been an entrepreneur before. I have this business idea, blah, 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 blah. Um, do you think it would work? And I always kind of put my, my life coaching hat on and I say, well, you know, the business plan, that can be tweaked to, to fit the needs of the market and the clients and all the rest of it and blah, 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 fish paste. But the only reason that you, or I actually ask them, I'm like, why do you think you would fail? Mm -hmm. And they always go, oh, because, you know, I, 
I'm 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 scared of, I'm scared of failure. Or no, sorry, the question is why haven't you started this already? Because I'm scared of failure. And I go, no, it's mm-hmm. it's not that. It's be- that's the very surface level fear. Yes. But when you peel that away, there's another fear underneath that, which is usually, oh, what will people think of me? Blah blah blah. That's right. And then the next one down, the real one is you're scared of success. That's right. And we're more we're more scared of afraid of success than we are of failure. And you're right, as you start peeling those layers away, it's it's about, oh well, what will others think of me? Mm. Oh, am I do am I doing it right? You're questioning your your education. Oh, well, can I do this because oh I don't have a master's degree or a PhD, but you spent, you know, the last 10 years you know, in, you know, in education, say getting a bachelor's degree or a college degree, and you've taken millions of other courses and you've worked in the field for 10, 20 years, you, you actually are so valuable because you, you actually have had hands-on experience working as a frontline worker, helping people or whatever, whatever the case may be. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And so there's so much more to it. And it's also, what have other people said to you um, and, and, you know, I don't want to say that it's always malicious. Um, sometimes people just don't think before they speak and they say sure. their, their doubts come out and, and they, they push those on to you. And Absolutely. so then what does that do, right? What does that do, it, Stefan? It plays on our mind, right? It plays mm. on our subconscious mind because that now has become a blueprint on our mind. And so now those thoughts are ruminating. Absolutely. And it's it's interesting that you bring up the issue of projection because it is very much that. I don't think it's that people are trying to be malicious when they're talking negatively about your ideas. It's that they're projecting their own fears mm-hmm. onto yeah. your idea. And I then I take it one step further with my clients. I say, do you know why success is so scary? And this I'm bringing this straight back to our topic. And they go, well, why? I said, well, because it's going to require a massive change in your life. I said, mm-hmm. think about the fact that, you know, consciously, you know very little at any given point in time. Because you only, you only, you access, it's like, I, I liken to a computer. Your conscious mind is your RAM. Your random access memory has only about between two and eight gigs, depending on how fast your PC is. It's the same with your conscious mind. It doesn't have infinite space, where your subconscious mind is essentially the cloud. And your conscious mind has to go into the cloud to get into the soul to access information. And I said, Mm -hmm. but what you have to understand then is your subconscious mind fully understands what this change is going to entail for your life. Your conscious mind doesn't fully understand. It just gets the impression of apprehension and maybe fear. And I'll break it down further for them. I said, you know, let's consider what like huge success for you could mean. I said, let's assume for an instance, and I'm going to use one hypothetical example here, but let's assume for this particular client, they're wanting to start a business selling, I don't know, tacos. And their dream is to have the biggest franchise of taco trucks across North America. And they are willing to learn how to do that, you know, take the business courses, the food courses, all that stuff, hire the right people, do the right things, make the right steps, put the right plans in motion and get this dream off the ground. I say, but right now you're working as, let's say, like you said, a frontline worker. 
you're earning, I don't know, what is a good wage in, in North America? Um, well, it'll probably be around anywhere from $14 an hour to 26 Right. So we could take a median of, like, say, 21 21 okay. So let's say $21 an hour you're earning. Given that you're, you're living above the breadline, you're not poor by any stretch of the imagination, mm-hmm. right? But right. you're also not super wealthy by any right. stretch of the imagination. As a result, your social circle has a certain element to it. It's not That's good, right. it's not bad, it just is what it is. Right. I said, now you go from that to owning the largest distribution of taco trucks in the North American region, and mm-hmm. you're not earning $21 an hour, you're earning a million dollars an hour. I'm being hyper- hyperbolic, of course, but you're earning a massive increase. Right. So is your social circle going to remain the same? Let's be Absolutely honest. Not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, because you're right. Like this whole piece about, you know, they, you know how they always say, you know, name the, the five people right. that are in your life, you know, weekly, let's say. Maybe not mm. every day, but anywhere from every day to, to weekly. That's where mm-hmm. your level of acceptance mm-hmm. in who you are is going to I'm so sorry about that Rain I'll edit that out I'm so sorry oh that's okay um that's where your circle of friends are or acquaintances or co-workers are and that's where you're at let's just let's just take some weird example like let's say you work in an office and there's lots of gossip that goes on there right. common for an office oftentimes right so you have been taking some uh personal development courses and you're really you know you're really starting to feel uncomfortable when you go to work during the day because there's just so much gossip that happens now i'm not talking about truth you know when things are happening and there's there's truth there and whatever you say you know you could say to that person's face um, because it, it is the truth, right? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about, you know, just spending your time lollygagging, gossiping. So now what starts to happen when that, that change starts to set in in you? You now no longer want to go for coffee with the same group that's gossiping because it really makes you feel uncomfortable. And right. so now you have to make a choice. Either you're going to continue in that pattern of behavior or you're going to um, walk away and not be a part of that group at break or you're going to stand up to them and you're going to say you know something guys I really don't feel comfortable talking about this and I think we should you know talk about something else Mm. or or just you know you just smoothly uh, take people out of that conversation and talk about cars or whatever you know the weather whatever int- is interest you can you can navigate that relate that uh, conversation into so you know intrinsic change I think is di- not is difficult not only for each of us that goes through it but it is also dis- difficult for the people around us and for the people mm. that are in our lives, because that means now they have to change too. You make such a valid point around that, Rain, because I think we, we tend to forget that. And that is something that I, I often bring up again with my clients. I say, mm-hmm. you know, when, when they say, oh, someone's being so mean to me, etc. 
obviously the first thing is, are they just projecting? And secondly, I say from an empathetic standpoint, you are no longer the person that you used to be. Right. Right. And this is a huge shift and a huge change for them. You know, and it's, we've just discussed how difficult change can be for some people. Right. And you um, won't be. You won't be the same person because when you start, let's say you've worked all your, you know, say for 10 or 20 years and you decide to go back to university as an adult, which is what I did. And it was it was uh, such a, a, a growth piece for me, like a learning curve, because now your life changes. That has to be your priority, right? Because you you need to be able to pass those courses. And, and when you're paying into, you know, uh, you know, for in you know North America costs you know roughly a sixty thousand dollar education that you have to pay for when you're done. You want to make sure that you pass those courses, and you want to make sure that what your you know the courses that you're taking and the degree that you're getting is going to benefit you um, in your you know work in your work world when you're when you've completed it. So change is is really difficult for everyone and we we have to make choices and and when we do make those choices it's going to create change a mm. ripple effect right and then and that changes in our family system you know when we make you know you make a point and i do talk about this in my book actually is when we make a choice for change to move to another city say for work for example right i mean some people don't some people will just pack a backpack and they're gone and i think wow how how like i don't know if i could do that right, <laughs> right. i mean but you know it just shows us that our safety and security is foremost in our mm. subconscious mind. And that that tends to point us in the direction of what we'll do. It's kind of like your example of, you know, someone living in the same home, you know, for 20 years. They've not known any other home. Change right. in moving to another home is going to be huge for them. They may have anxiety. They may have panic attacks. They may start to develop uh, things like a cough, like a nervous tick. Um, there are all kinds of, you know, unfavorable things that could happen. But on the positive side of it, it could open up a whole new world for them, open up new connections, set them on a mm. path uh, of a course of, of a new career, um, new learning new skills, uh, making new friends. There's just so many positive things as well. Absolutely. And I think that is something that a lot of people maybe forget or they, they see the positives, but it seems to be overshadowed by the scary potential negatives. Yeah, potential is the key word there, right? Because right. there is where there is optimism, there is pessimism, right? So where there's, Absolutely. you know, these these positive pieces, there can also be the negative pieces that come. Sometimes I, th I think what has to happen is you you move along that that pathway, that road, you know, you're you're on the, the home stretch and you as you're moving along that learning curve, you need to integrate, integrate those two uh, experiences, pieces of information, you know, continue gathering and bringing in new information and integrate them so that it works for you, which 
I feel like in your examples, you have been able to do as well as be influential in helping your friend integrate those. Mm. Well, absolutely. The other thing, I mean, you, you've made a, a good point there about the potential negatives and the potential positives. But to your point on that, something that I also bring up a lot with my clients to kind of try and get them to, I guess, take the emotional charge, not out of it, but certainly lessen it to a degree, right. is bring up the law of polarity. And that is that everything has to have both negative and positive. It cannot, one cannot exist without the other. It can't exist in a void. It's impossible right. in this particular universe. And as a result of that, I go, you know, let's look at everything top to bottom. Let's mm. actually lay out the negatives because there must be a thousand. But let's look at how you can actually tackle them and deal with them if they do arise. And then let's look at the positives. How are you actually going to tackle and deal with that? And interestingly, they have zero game plan as to how to tackle the positives coming their way. <laughs> I was just going to say that was probably what happened. <laughs> yeah. Because, again, to what we were saying earlier, people are massively scared of success. So they actually shove that out the way when it comes to making a huge changeful decision. And they focus on the negative and they go, well, I'm scared that this is going to happen. It's going to fail. Mm -hmm. And I go, yeah, but what if it actually succeeds? Are you prepared for what's going to happen? Do you know how you would do X, Y, Z? And they actually freeze more in fear at the success than they right. do at the, at the potential challenges. Because right. they're going, well, I don't know how to do that. You know, I don't know how to, how do I, coming back to our, our example of this massive um, taco truck um, distribution center, um, how do I hire a board of, of directors? How do I do this? How do I do that? I have no idea. Right, well, you, you do it by starting at the beginning and you work your way right. through one success at a time. And if there's a failure along the way, it's not the end of the world. It's just a learning. And I think when we are able to recognize that both success and failure are both just learnings, neither one is bad or good. Yes, yes. They're just learnings. We take that judgment out of it because what ha what's happening in in you know in the mind because our mind tends to overwork. Mm. So we go to you know we go to that mind piece and we do too much thinking. And then what happens is we you know and hey you know I'm guilty of that for sure because I mean you know we tend to go into either the fight, flight or freeze piece, right? So we right. mentioned that you know when you ask them that they freeze because then what what are the options if you if you freeze because you don't know if you have it in you to fight for what you want mm. and you you have that tendency or we as as human beings have that tendency to go into flight because we know that's all you know you know back from when we you know caveman mentality and when we go into that uh, or we we have a choice to do either or and we cannot choose then we just freeze because yes. we don't know what in the heck to do right mm. and so then our mind can shut down right yep. we can go into depression we can start to have um 
anxiety or fear or all of these sorts of things. And also, you made a really good point about the emotions because our emotions play a role in it on this um, grayscale of yeah. one extreme to the other, right? So our emotions, we can allow our emotions to get pulled into it and then that's when we start having the reactive stuff happening. Or when we downplay our emotions, then we just shut down, right? That's so a, yeah. it's very challenging. Wouldn't you say, like, how in the heck does a person come to a place of, you know what, I got this. I can balance this all out. I can see both sides of the coin. I can see both extremes. How am I going to um, actually pull this off? So if I were your client, what would you say to me? You know, how am I, I'd say, hey, Stefan, like, how am I going to pull this off? Like, I really want to <laughs> do this taco thing, but how do I do it? So like I was, like I said earlier, the first thing I do is I make them face the possibility of failure and make them recognize that they have all the skills to weather that storm. You know, if something goes wrong, right. there is a plan B, there is a plan C, there is a plan D that you can implement. You've got the skills. And then it's going, now let's use that exact same methodology for the successes so that it's not so scary. But then I feel like the bigger thing and where the, the emotional um, attachment really comes in is not on the physical work that needs to be done. It's always around the mental and emotional and spiritual work that needs to be done. Right. So when we were talking about back um, early on in this episode about, you know, your social, social circle is going to start changing and that's traumatic for them. Those skills are a little bit more difficult to teach because it requires a certain level of meditation, in my opinion. It requires a certain level of um, self-awareness. And it requires a certain level of, I like to call it pre-forgiveness. You know, <laughs> pre-forgiving people for whatever they may or may not say in response to these changes that you're going through so that you can actually weather that whole storm moving forward. Right. And if I could add to that, mm. um, so you talk about the self-awareness and, and the pre-forgiving, huge, huge, right? Mm. And that helps us with our emotions because we do have attachments. We have attachments yeah. to, you know, our parents, our siblings, our friends, our partners, our children, all of these uh, people in our lives have been significant um, people in our lives that affect us and that help us to develop just as we they. Um, right. So the other the other piece of it is is you know connected to that pre forgiving and that that can even move into forgiving like the forgiveness itself. So you know none of us are ever done growing. No. And, you know, I've had, you know, some really cool things happen over the last couple of weeks where I've, I've been needing to look at, okay, uh, who am I really? And, and what am I doing? And am I doing what I want to be doing? And am I okay with the people that all of these questions have just been flooding in, right? And then I look at, okay, um, it's time now to look at compassion, have compassion for myself and have compassion for others. 
So a lot of times, you know, others hurt us or we hurt them, but it's not always done in a malicious way. It's that we're all just on our own journey and we're living our lives and we're making choices. And sometimes those choices do affect other people. You know, even, you know, getting into a business relationship, you may get into a, you know, a business relationship and two years down the road, you've both sort of changed and outgrown the model that, you know, let's say you opened up a warehouse store and mm-hmm. um, you, be, you know, you were partners in running this warehouse company. But then as, as time went on, uh, one person maybe wanted to expand the warehouse and go into a larger facility. And the other one wanted to go into more of a boutique style because they felt like they wanted to cater to Uh, repeat customers and have like that personal connection and contact with them completely different services for each other so you you just have to say to one another you know no hard feelings I really enjoyed this ride it was awesome it was amazing and now it's time for us to each go our own way so it's all about um, being a respecter of others Mm -hmm. it's about forgiveness it's about having compassion and you know this takes a certain amount of connection with you know we talked about the mind we talked about the emotions it it also takes a certain amount of connection with our inner uh awareness and awakening Mm -hmm. and connection with consciousness so you talked about I think you mentioned meditation. So Mm -hmm. we want to bring in meditation, visualization, prayer, you know, uh, saying uh, mantras, positive mantras each day that help to nurture our soul, that help to grow our spirit. Because our spirit is, is the piece that's the movement forward and the spirit connects with the body, right? Mm. So once, you know, like you say, once we kind of get those mind pieces straightened around and tackle, okay, are you afraid of success or failure? And you look at that and you examine it and you pick it apart and you take some positive action towards creating change in your mind, you know, that can that can affect our emotions and settle our emotions a bit. But now we also can bring in those meditative pieces, the prayer pieces, the visualizing to help pull all of those pieces together for us because right. we're one we're one embodiment i, I guess you'd, you'd agree to that Absol- right yeah, like- absolutely i would definitely agree with that and i think everything that you've just said comes back to what we were saying right at the outset about making the change taking it from unconscious or reactive to a conscious process where we have an expected outcome that we are working towards, then the change is not so scary because, well, you know what you're trying to achieve and you're not just reacting from the caveman mentality. Right, you're responding. Yeah, exactly. You're responding instead of reacting. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that that is a beautiful way to to describe this whole whole thing because, I mean, coming back to our, our, the the headline for our topic today, intrinsic change, it's in everything. And if you start to practice these methodologies that we've actually laid out in this particular podcast on big changes that are coming your way or big changes that you're planning, um, 
I foresee that people would be able to use this just in everyday small changes mm -hmm. and go, huh. and, yeah. yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, that's right. You, you want you want to say? Well, in and in, in in intrinsic change and change period, we see that it's external as well as internal. Mm. And Absolutely. it's also it's also our subconscious, uh, like those blueprints, the the fears, the the guilt, the uh, well, if you know, if I if I leave my job, how's my family going to survive? How right. you know, I'm I'm used to bringing in you know four thousand dollars a month. How what if I don't bring that in every month? Then you know everyone's going to suffer. So it's those those. Uh, recordings and those thoughts that play over in our mind mm. and and I'm sure that you know in the work that you do that you can you can bring people to a place of feeling uh, greater safety and security in the decisions that they're making through this process you're talking about yes and well and vice versa for for yourself because like you were saying starting to treat it as a whole process not individual parts Treat it as, right. you know, you're doing the physical work, you're doing the mental work, you're doing the emotional work, but you're also doing the soul work. Right. And then suddenly everything just becomes, I never say easy because it's not, but it is simple. Yes. I think what, what happens too is that, like you say, it's not easy, but it becomes crystal clear. Right. Because when we do the work of, of all the parts... We, we address, like you say, confront the mind stuff. We address the emotions. And we look now at, at the uh, consciousness piece and the soul and what the soul wants. We can now pull ourselves and, and bring ourselves into an acceptance of, of belief. And so our faith and our belief that we can do whatever we set our mind to. So now we are, you know, we are being taking a risk. We're we're looking at risk taking as a positive model and not a negative model because we've already done the other pieces. We've looked at it mentally to see, okay, what would be the pros and cons? We've looked at it emotionally. We mm. perhaps you know, uh, waited until we had a savings account set in place that could that could cushion uh, a person, you know, starting out a business in that way right. for a few months if they've got, you know, family responsibilities. So it's not going at it with a blase, you know, bull in the china shop uh, piece, although we can do that and it can work for us. I mean, how many millionaires and billionaires have said, uh, you know, I just I just took a chance. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think that that can work. I I don't like to promote it. <laughs> no, obvious of reasons. Not. No. Um, and especially because I think that doing the kind of work that we do in the spiritual community, I think a lot of people like to think that it's all just um, positive affirmations and mantras, and that's what's going to get yes. you through. And I'm like, no, that's a component of the whole. Right. Um, but there is actual work that needs to be done as well. And yes. that, you know, I always go back to um, the scripture, I forget where, I think it's in Romans, um, where it says faith, no, it actually might be in the Gospels, forgive me, but it, where it says faith without works is dead. And right. I always say, you know, if you're praying for something, 
you still have to put the work in. God and the, or the universe or whatever you want decide to call it cannot bless something that you haven't done. So, you know, you got to pick up that shovel and start digging if you want to hit gold. Or right. Oil. If you put the work in, yeah. it's going to come back to you at some point. And you do make a good point that, you know, you're not going to promote, you know, blase risk taking. Mm. But there are people that, you know, get into situations where that is the only option. Absolutely. Let's say, you know, let's say uh, a couple is together and one of the partners leaves or they they pass away and there is no savings. Mm. There is there is no life insurance policy and and the partner that is left now has to come up with double the income to continue to secure their their living space to to continue caring for their family there are times when we have to you know push ourselves forward and continue to do the work look at things logically look at things in a practical way mm. but also look at possibilities and look at if if i were to do this what are the overwhelming possibilities that could happen for for me you know to to increase my income to promote whatever work it is that i'm investing my time into right and that obviously applies to every aspect of life whether if it's business that you're trying to start or if you're wanting to find a new life partner or just have new friends in your life what I think that is a brilliant question to ask, you know, what are the overwhelming possibilities that could come my way if I just do this thing? Um, right. And I think you've I guess, just... I guess it's about believing in yourself. Yes, right? absolutely. Absolutely. And being, being able to look at it with, like you say, like with a, with a keen eye and go, okay, this is, this is the hand I've been dealt. This is the change that has been thrust on me in this situation. How do I make the best of it? What do I do? And take I, I love I yeah. love that. I love that, Stefan. Like the hand that we've been dealt because yeah. not everyone has this cookie cutter, you know, life of perfection. It it just it it can exist for some people, I believe that. But that yeah. is not all. That's that's probably not the majority that's the majority is the opposite, where life has just been happening to people happening to us as opposed to us being co-creators in the lives that we exist in. And I think that's kind of, I'm, oh gosh, just so how long we've been chatting for. This always happens. I was just going to say, what a wonderful <laughs> way to end the, the podcast. Because yeah. I, I think one thing we have to remember above all is that we are co-creators. We are co-creators with our own soul, with our own mission, our own purpose. We're co-creators with the other side and the mm. universal hemispheres. We're co-creators with, with uh, you know, people on the earth. So we are co-creators, and I just love the way that you phrase that. Thank you. So yeah, you, you also said it quite beautifully earlier. You know, we are so incredibly powerful, and I think the thought that I want to leave people with is as a co-creator, start to embrace slowly but surely the sheer magnitude of the power that you have within. Yes. Um, well, thank you so much. Thank you, Rain. <laughs> I really appreciate your time as always today. This has been unprecedented with Rain and Stefan. I look forward to our next podcast.
um, where obviously we'll be talking about just wonderful topics that uplift humanity. Absolutely. Rain, take care. Have a wonderful day further. And you it's just about well. time for dinner for me. <laughs> All right, Stefan. Thank have you. Have a great day. Bye Cheers now. Bye.